Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, the FIBA quarterfinals continued with Luca in Slovenia taking on SGA in Canada. We have some must-hear sound from Luca after both he and Dylan Brooks were ejected and the drama. Ooh, baby, it continues in Philadelphia. Ramona Shelburne takes us behind the scenes with the absolute latest on James Harden's feelings toward it all. And let's say things got spicy. Plus, the Lakers keep adding pieces. Are they the clear winners of the offseason so far? NBA Today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. I mean, we had some great basketball this morning if you got up early enough to see it. But if you didn't, we have the highlights coming at you in just a second. Ramona hey. Shelburne, Mark Spears beaming in from Las hey. Vegas. Malika Andrews all with you here <laughs> for the next hour. My friends, Canada and Slovenia, they faced off in the World Cup this morning. This was an elimination game and things got a little bit spicy, Ramona. So let's head there right now. This is Canada versus Slovenia, as we mentioned, which means SGA versus Luka Doncic. Let's get it started with Luka. Step back. And he gets it to go. Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah. And he says, I know it. But then Shea Gildas-Alexander says, this is what I do. A little spin move, puts it on, gets the friendly bounce, and How gets many that one to fall. There? there was, there was a, at least three. At least three. He just kept going. <laughs> and then R.J. Barrett, an exclamation mark to end the first quarter. He had 24 points, nine rebounds in this one. Let's go ahead to the second quarter here. Luca, I mean, speaking of spin moves, puts it on Dylan Brooks there. Game tied at 50 at the half. And then in the third quarter, SGA, he says spin moves aren't the only thing I got. I can also take it coast to coast behind the back, go all the way to the cup for the layup. And then later in the third, I mean, Dylan Brooks, he's showing Rockets fans a little bit of what he got offensively, not just defensively. Yeah, hitting those threes. That wasn't always the case. When you leave them wide open, there's usually a reason, but he's making them. But he says, anything that you can do, Luka Doncic says, I can do just a little bit better. Luka hits that one. Then on the other end, back and forth we go. Shea has an answer of his own. By the way, Shea had a game high, 31 points, 10 rebounds in this one. I said Dylan Brooks showed a little bit of the good of what he can do for Houston. He also showed his range here. Now, he would, though, get called for taunting and then be ejected. Luca, not Wait, so sad Dylan about that. Brooks talking? I know. Taunting? That, I that never that. happens. But it also, it makes things a little bit fun. <laughs> but then, this also never happens. Luca, he wanted a call here. Chats with the refs just a little bit too much. He would be ejected as well. I haven't seen that ever either. Canada gets the win by 11 points. Let's take a listen to Luca after the game. Uh, I think everybody know what my frustration was. You know, playing for a national team, it's a lot of emotions. Uh, a lot of times I don't control myself, which I've been having problems with. Uh, but, you know, uh, the referee told one of the guys, we're not going to call a foul on him because he's coming at us. Uh, I think this is not fair. Uh, I know I complain a lot, uh, but this is, I don't think it's fair. Uh, they've been playing very physical with me, uh, but if you say that, you know, it's not fair. 
some accountability, but also saying exactly what he thinks. So we had two of the top three scorers at this FIBA tournament going head-to-head -head here. You can see Luka Doncic leads all players at just over 26 points per game, while SGA, he brought his average to 25 points per game after a 31-point performance. Our Brian Windhorst has more. Hey Malika, man, what a spicy game here tonight between Canada and Slovenia. A whole bunch of great matchups, but really this was a story about Luka Doncic not being able to finish a game. Now, this is the second consecutive year that he has been ejected from his team's uh, elimination game in a, in a worldwide event. Last year, it was at the Eurobasket. He got ejected against Poland doesn't finish this game against Canada and this is obviously something that has been an issue throughout the NBA season he's had 17 technicals the last two years he should have gotten suspended both times he had him rescinded uh, technical rescinded each year which kept him from a suspension he didn't get a reprieve in this one during the game Malika he was going over to the sideline and yelling in a different language at executives from FIBA and you know, the thing about it is, is that this is a difficult situation because he is getting bumped. In this game, in the FIBA style of play, he is absolutely getting bumped. It was the Canadians' game plan to really get on him and physically push him around. And he was really good in, in, in scoring against it, but he wasn't able to handle his cool. And so I see his perspective, and I see why he's upset, but it is absolutely unacceptable the way he just continues to have this become an issue. And that was a, a big factor in this game but beyond that Dylan Brooks this is why the Rockets gave him 80 million dollars the performance that he had in this game going head-to-head -head, getting under Lucas skin this was Dylan the villain at his best now his coach Jordy Fernandez was not happy he got ejected but he was thrilled with the way he played and frankly you trade Dylan Brooks for Luka Doncic and both getting ejected that's a win for Canada it was a win for Canada on the court and Dylan Brooks did exactly what they needed him to do and then I think we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Shea Gildas Alexander. Bottom line, Shea was better than Luca in this game. Frankly, this was a big opportunity for Shea to make a statement on this stage. He delivered over 30 points, got to the line 16 times, 10 rebounds, made a whole bunch of great plays. Shea Gildas Alexander is a first-team All-NBA player. He played like a first-team All-NBA player. He's a contender to win the MVP if the Canadians can win two more games. Okay, that's it from here in Manila. Back to you, Malika. Well, it's not quite it. We're going to hear a little bit more from Brian Windhorst in just a little bit. But right now, back with Mark and Ramona, two of the best guards, I think it's fair to say, in the NBA going head-to-head -head in this one. Ramona, what was your takeaway as you look big picture here? I mean, I, I think my takeaway is Shea Gilgis-Alexander is one of the best players in the NBA, and I cannot wait to see him playing meaningful basketball yep. games with the Oklahoma City Thunder this year. I mean, just this is the generation we thought was going to come of age for Team Canada, and they've been coming. They don't even have Jamal Murray, right? But, but the fact that this group of guys is here in the semifinals now, we've been waiting for this for some time. But to me, Shea is the story. He is all that and then some, and I want to see how far they go. Of course, though, there's going to be plenty of discourse, Mark, about the ejections, particularly because they're both sort of microcosms of what we see from Luca and Dylan Brooks in the NBA. Let's focus on Dylan for now, though. Always it makes his presence known. You know what? That's how we're going to put it. What did you yeah. see from him? Dylan the villain. That's a new one, Brian, throughout. I hadn't I know, heard I like that it. one before. but. Yeah, but it's interesting to me, like, this dude's all the way in the Philippines and they're still booing him. I'm like, wow, the <laughs> Philippine fans, they're, they're going along with the NBA fans, man, oh. and making him a villain. And, and, and look, he's, he loves that. I think he loves the whole thing. But the one thing is this, 
Dylan's the villain, and Canada's going to be a villain for the United States now. Mm. Let's start giving them some respect. Yep. They are real. And keep in mind, there's no Jamal Murray. There's no Andrew Wiggins. When they do make it to the Olympics next year, perhaps they can convince those two guys to play. And, uh, no, Canada, I've been waiting for this. Oh, Canada, they're finally here. They're a threat. <laughs> They could be champs, but, you know, I still feel like when USA brings its uh, varsity club, they'll still be too much for even the Canadians to beat. I just love that video that we showed of Dylan Brooks. It was yeah. after the game with the boxing gloves on, getting a little pop, pop, pop yeah. going in there. Uh, let's check in on some of the other action around the World Cup. We had another game this morning. It was Germany versus Latvia in this one. The winner will face the U.S. on Friday. Franz Wagner, he returned, led Germany with 16 points. Latvia had a chance to win, though, at the buzzer, Davis Bertans. But he couldn't quite get three to fall. Germany hangs on 81 to 79 in that one. Tough one. So with that result, here's a semifinals bracket with four teams competing for the trophy. We have Serbia against Canada and then Team USA going up against Germany. The only undefeated team in this tournament. Remember, both games, they are on Friday morning. Get up early on ESPN+. Plus For more on the upcoming Germany-USA game, let's go back to Brian Winhorst. Okay, Malika, so next up for Team USA is Germany. Now, three weeks ago, these two teams played back in Abu Dhabi, and the Germans were awesome in that game. They got up by 16 points in the second half, and frankly, I thought they got a little bit tight down the stretch and started thinking about what they were about to do, and it allowed the U.S. to play some great defense and come back on them. But I think that could help them going into the semifinal game because they know that they can play with the Americans. Now, the big thing for Germany, they've got really good size, just like Lithuania did. The Americans are going to have to get onto the boards they have. They have size in their starting lineup, and they bring Mo Wagner, an NBA player, off the bench. Now, one thing, something to watch, Dennis Schroeder, he will be able to handle the Americans' pressure. They do all kinds of different ball pressure um, that works against a lot of European teams that don't have strong guards. This team has a strong guard, but Schroeder was not good in this game today, so he's obviously going to have to rebound. He missed 22 shots, which was crazy. And one more thing to watch, Franz Wagner of the Orlando Magic, he came back from an ankle injury. He was very good in this game, only got eight shots. Schroeder got 26. I don't think we're going to see that against the Americans. We're going to see that get closer. The Americans are going to have to prioritize defending him. All right, that's it from here in Manila. Back to you guys in L.A. Very good point, Brian. Thank you. Team USA, they had an off day Wednesday after their win against Italy, and they toured the American military cemetery in Manila, and they paid their respects to more than the 17,000 troops that are buried there. And beyond Arlington Cemetery, it's actually the largest cemetery of U.S. troops anywhere in the world. Still ahead on NBA Today. All right, promises, sacrifices, and betrayal. Ramona Shelburne takes us inside James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers drama. And did you get this news last night? The Lakers, they added another big piece, and I mean that literally to their front court. But have they done enough to dethrone the Nuggets in the West? We break it all down. Plus, Mark Spears, he sat down with the seven-time All-Star Damian Lillard to discuss his trade request from the Blazers and his championship aspirations. Don't go anywhere. we got a jam-packed show. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. 
Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You're watching NBA Today. Welcome back to NBA Today. Joined now by our senior insider, Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj, let's start right here where I'm sitting in Los Angeles because throughout July there was so much talk about the offseason, Rob Palenka and the Lakers they were putting together, and then fast forward to September, and they're still not done. So what can you tell us about their latest roster moves? Yeah, Malika, the Lakers agreed on a two-year deal with free agent Christian Wood. Uh, that includes a player option. So this gives Christian Wood a chance this year, I think, to rebuild his value in free agency uh, in the marketplace with the Lakers Listen, this is a player who averaged 16 and 7 last year in Dallas. He has yet to really find staying power uh, in this league, but it is not a question, especially of his offensive talent. This is a player in Christian Wood, uh, you know, over 103 pointers a year. Over the last couple of years, only four players, six, ten or over, have done that. Shot nearly 40% from three on a Laker team that was 25th in the league and I think also you couple him with Jackson Hayes another part of this Laker free agency class and those two players will allow Anthony Davis uh, to not have to play as much at center he yeah. played virtually all his minutes at center last last year you know Anthony Davis likes that power forward role and I think for for the Lakers Christian Wood and he shores up that front court uh, and he gets a chance now uh, I think, again, to rebuild his value in the free agent market. This is a player whose Laker fans will remember put 30 on them for the Mavericks <laughs> last season on Christmas Day. Yeah, and, and shortly after you reported his new deal, Woj, he tweeted out that he has always wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker as we bring back Ramona Shelburne and Mark Spears into the conversation. Mark, I want to start with you here. How do you see Wood fitting in with the Lakers in, in the front court there? Oh, I love it. I mean, now you got a backup for Anthony Davis, an extra backup. And also, if Anthony Davis is out for a while, you got a, someone you could plug in and start as well. So I'm certainly excited for that move for the Lakers. And I got a text actually from Christian Wood. I asked him about going to the Lakers, and he said, I've always wanted to be a Laker. Mm. I know we can win a championship. Communication with coaches is a big key, which is interesting, right? Right. <laughs> Maybe a shot at Jason Kidd. Coach Ham and I go back to our Milwaukee days, and we've had a great conversations every day about this opportunity. He believes in me and told me I'll be playing a big role and knows what I can do. I look forward to this, and for sure, <laughs> motivated after what Dallas did. So mm. I asked him, too. I said, well, what did Dallas do? Can you go more into that? And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll defer comment about that right now. 
Fair enough. Look, th this is just, he is just too talented to not take a chance on. And I think if you're the Lakers and you know Anthony Davis has missed a number of games the last few years with injuries, LeBron James misses games with injuries, and a guy who can score the way Christian does, Christian Wood does is still out there, you got to take a swing. Now, I'm curious how this is going to fit defensively because once they made that, those trades last year, they were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. That became their identity. And Christian Wood is not known as a good defensive player. He's also not known as a particularly dependable player in, in, in locker rooms and just in a team culture. And so that is what he's going to have to prove here with the Lakers. But this is your classic low-risk, high-reward swing here that the Lakers have done. It reminds me a little of like what they did with Dwight Howard in the year that they won the championship, mm. where you sign him to a deal where he gets to prove it. He gets to prove that he can be a meaningful contributor on a championship team, and Dwight Howard did it because he got that feedback from the league that there was nowhere else for him to go. This is where why, why is Christian Wood available right now? Mm. Because he didn't have other options, and this is a great spot for him to get the to get an opportunity to play and prove that he belongs there. Yeah, you mentioned the locker room piece. I think I did, it's certainly I did hear that Chicago and Miami had some interest in him as well, but ultimately it wasn't a lot of money out there for him. Well, and it's certainly important, Mark, as you pointed out, that Darvin Ham has that previous relationship when he was associate head coach in Milwaukee and Christian Wood spent some time there early on. In Anthony Davis, career. too, from New Orleans, yeah. There you go. So there's all sorts of connections all over the place. Well, speaking of New Orleans, let's shift gears to New Orleans because Pelicans guard Trey Murphy III, he suffered a left knee meniscus injury Tuesday. What's the team's level of concern regarding this injury? I mean, look, there's certainly significant concern. And you start with the kind of uh, player Trey Murphy the third is. Had an outstanding second season in the NBA. And I think, you know, Zach Lowe said it last year. This is potentially a future all-star in this league. And so I'm told that there is at least a slight tear in that meniscus. Mm. And now he's going to undergo further evaluation to see you know, what kind of procedure uh, would be necessary if you do a full repair on a meniscus. That's at least a few months. Uh, there's also a scenario where, uh, you know, they snip that meniscus and he could be back much, much sooner, maybe mm. even by uh, around the start of the season. Uh, so that evaluation is going on right now uh, with Trey Murphy. I think we'll expect to know more this week. But, you know, another real blow to this Pelicans organization that, and despite really a terrific accumulation of talent, yeah. you know, they've not been able to stay healthy. And Trey Murphy gets injured yesterday. I was told you know, it was just in a workout uh, game at the team's facility. And now there's real concern about when he will be available to this team this season. It certainly felt like the Pelicans were one of those teams that could be knocking on making some real damage in the playoffs and yet they haven't been able to reach that potential yet. And during our schedule release show, Mark, you were talking about the Pelicans, right, as the team you were most looking forward to watching this season, that accumulation of talent that Woj is talking about. How much of a loss do you think this is for this team, not knowing exactly how long he's going to be out yet, as Woj just detailed? Yeah, I'm with Woj. Trey Murphy is really, really good. Um, I do think he's a potential all-star. And he's also kind of the life of the party in their locker room. He's the guy that's joking, keeping guys loose. And and so, you know, I'm seeing these pictures of Zion. He's looking svelte. He's looking great. But every time you think the Pelicans are about to take a step, man, somebody else gets injured. So I, I hope it's something minor uh, that he is back because I do believe, and we've seen when this Pelican squad is healthy, they're as good as any team in the NBA.
Absolutely. Woj, thank you as always for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. We are going to get into the WNBA now because some history was made last night for the first time in league history, Ramona. There was a 40-point game and a triple-double on Yay. the same day. And here's how it went down. Brianna Stewart had her fourth career 40-point outing, tying Diana Taurasi for the most in WNBA history. All four have come in wins this season, which is pretty impressive. And Stewie is also up to 885 points this year, breaking DT's single-season record of 860. And speaking of season records, Alyssa Thomas broke one of her own, setting the single-season mark for assists with three 308. She posted her eighth career triple-double in a win over the Sparks. She has twice as many as the next closest player in WNBA history, which is just flat-out impressive. So as we get to the end of the WNBA regular season here, here is where the standings are, the playoff picture looks, the dream, the sky, the Sparks. They are battling for those last two spots. Can we root for Chanae? Is that, is that, I think so. I think that's the thing we can do. I Chicago Ray owns the tiebreaker over LA due to their head-to-head -head with two games to go for each team. Yeah, I mean, we root privately, so might as well do it publicly. All right, here's our next WNBA game. It's on E2. Sunday is the last game of the regular season, and we're featuring the Aces and the Mercury. This one begins at 3 o'clock Eastern. All right. You got one commercial break to go read Ramona Shelburne's story because is the James Harden Philadelphia 76ers relationship beyond repair? Ramona has the latest coming up next. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm told that James Harden is seriously considering a return to Houston. I'm here. We're, we're playing very, very well. And yeah, I don't know where the report came from. Can Philadelphia win without Embiid? Sizing up Horford. It's a three. What a perfect play to end the second round. Game seven between the Celtics and the Sixers. This is disappointing. A disappointing end for the season. Our season is over, so sums it up right there. He has the option to be a free agent. Scenario A would be to bring James back. The Houston Rockets lose a, a real suitor in free agency. Is a liar, and This has been escalating behind the scenes all year. Now it is playing out in public. Oh, did I? Welcome back to NBA Today. So it's been an eventful summer for James Harden, but 
potentially not as seismic as he would have hoped it would be. Here with Ramona Shelburne, who has a story up on ESPN.com right now that examines the feud between James Harden and the Philadelphia 76ers. And it's a it's a meaty story. I encourage all of you to check it out when we're done with this segment. Um, but let's start at the beginning, because yeah. that's a good enough place to start as any. Yeah. And I think it's important to understand the context of what happened? What were the events dotted throughout the season that set up this summer standoff? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of this comes down to just very simply, James Harden felt like he did everything that was asked of him last year. Mm -hmm. Sacrificed money, sacrificed his role in the offense, sacrificed his scoring. And when it came time for that validation, A, you start to see things unravel where he doesn't make the all-star team for the first time in 10 years. And then, you know, he's pouting about it. He had a chance to be an all-star. Adam Silver was going to name him as an injury replacement, but he took too long to say, yeah, I'll actually show up. And so Silver had moved on. And so this, this starts to unravel kind of towards the middle of the season to the point where James realized, like, all this sacrifice that I have said I'm going to make, that I need to make in the name of winning, doesn't seem like it's going to pay off. And then when you get to contract time, there's really no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and I think you know I, I, I like to make analogies when I write but I, there's something that's called anchoring bias right when somebody starts high when somebody tells you okay here's here's what you think you're gonna get if you think you're gonna get a max the whole time right yeah James Harden had max contract offers in Houston and in Brooklyn and there was this thought that he was gonna be a max player in Philadelphia and then it's not there that's when people get upset now Sometimes people start high and the salesman says, oh, well, I'll cut you a deal and it's going to be this. Then you think you got a deal. Well, James, James is not the, pers the customer in this situation. The team is. And so yeah. it's making him feel cheap and it makes him feel betrayed. And that was a word that kept coming up when you would talk to people about why James is so upset is that word betrayal. And it's a heavy word. It's an emotional word. But this really has come down to a relationship between these two guys who have really been anchors for each other in the NBA the last decade. But now they're both pretty adrift. Right. And when you look at that, it all got to this point. I remember I was driving when James Harden, when Adrian Wojnarowski reported that James Harden yeah. had opted into his deal. If he hadn't, yeah. he, he would be facing a, a four-year upward of $210 million yeah. deal that he could have signed. So why did he ultimately opt in? You know, this can be debated in sports agent classes for decades, whether this was the right move negotiation-wise or leverage-wise. I think he opted in because essentially he wasn't didn't have any uh, assurances that he was going to have more money coming to him elsewhere okay the Houston was the one team that had interest in him at that max level but when they hired Ime Udoka they they shifted away from James Harden and focused more on defensive players like Brooke Lopez and the guy they actually got with Dylan yeah. Brooks and so when you don't have any leverage now you're sitting back and waiting on the Sixers who you have until June 30th to decide if you want to pick up the player option or you wait to become a free agent. You don't know what that Sixers offer is going to be, and they were not giving him any indication of what it was going to be because they had been hit with tampering fines and tampering and charges last, last summer. They couldn't cross that line with him. But also, yeah. I think letting somebody twist a little bit in the wind is, is something that gives them leverage. And so was that the right move? Would he have been better off? Just not picking up the option, becoming a free agent, and doing what Kyrie Irving did, which is essentially say, you, I know you need me, mm. but you can't afford to lose me either. I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see how this turns out. But I think when he 
picked up that player option yep. and got their word that they would trade him. He took that as their word, and that's another reason why he feels betrayed. And then we get to the liar comments. I want to bring Mark Spears back into the conversation because what's interesting to me, as you write, Ramona, yeah. is that they do actually know they can't afford to lose James Harden. It's just about at what price they want to keep him at. So what do you make as we see sort of the onion layers be peeled back of this betrayal that James Harden is feeling, Mark? Well, first of all, Ramona, fantastic story, man. I, that was great reporting by you, so well done. Um, uh, and one thing that Ramona said that stood out to me is when Ime Udoka got the job in, in Houston, uh, that kind of ended James' possibility of going there. And I wonder, had he known that that was going to be the direction of the franchise once the new coach came in, would he have felt as comfortable, you know, um, doing what he's doing? The other thing is with the Clippers, right? Like the Clippers are the main team. Go home, rejoin your buddies Kawhi and PG. And, you know, from what I told, being told about the Clippers is they're not being desperate. They feel like they're going to keep watching this fire burn. And at some point, like, you know, the, the Sixers are, could be desperate and uh, they're going to get pennies on dollar instead of, you know, the big demands that Daryl Morey uh, is, is making. So the Clippers are like that meme sitting on the swing with the with the <laughs> building burning in the back, just just waiting for the time to do it. So I, I don't really see the Clippers making a deal unless they feel like they're going to get some something really sweet and, and, and beneficial to them. Yeah, I, and they I, feel like they're in a the position to do that. Yeah, absolutely. The line, Ramona, that you wrote, the sacrifice narrative, it worked out for everybody until it didn't. That really rang true to exactly what you were getting at in this story. And I think the thing at the end of the day, though, is how long is Joel Embiid going to say, yeah, all right, once again, I will let this drama go back and forth. And as you report right now, He's all right with it. But the question is, how long is he going to be okay with it? Because we've seen this movie before in Ben Simmons. Yeah. And speaking of Ben Simmons, Mark, you sat down with him <laughs> for a fantastic piece. That piece is up on Anscape.com right now where he talks about Brooklyn. He talks about this revenge tour he wants to make, essentially. What stood out to you from that conversation? This confidence and swag that he had certainly is much different than we've seen from him in the last two years. He told me this is the healthiest he's been, which, you know, I'm sure a lot of Nets fans and NBA fans are saying that they heard this before. But one thing he mentioned when we went to get a bite in Miami was, hey, I drove here and my back didn't hurt. A year ago, people had to drive me. Mm. I couldn't even sit still. And so he's like, he's, he's uh, out of a lot of pain. He's talking about being an all-star again. He said in a, some workouts in Miami, he put the ball through his legs and dunked. And so there was this swag that I saw in Ben, like when he got out of LSU. This was, this was vintage Ben. And he feels like if he's healthy uh, and he expects to be healthy, he, that he will play in the first game of the season. And that all-star caliber player, he expects that player to be back. Right. And the question is, can he be that all uh, defensive player candidate that he has been in the past? Ramona, do you have what expectations do you have for Ben out the gate this year? You know, I mean, when he talks about his back injury, it resonates with me because I had the same back injury. And I know like there was five, six months where people were driving me around, too, because you cannot sit when you have that nerve injury in your lower back. Like you can't you have to lean your car seat back. And I, I think with Ben, it, it, seeing is believing talk at this point. It doesn't mean anything. I'm glad to hear him say all those things to you, Mark. But people need to see it on the court. And I think 
Give him a little grace because yeah. of what he's dealt with physically. I think sometimes people aren't good at talking about exactly what they've dealt with physically and mentally, and he's starting to be able to talk about that in a real way. And I thought that was great that you got him to open up that way because you know it's hard it's hard to talk about not just physical stuff, but mental health issues. And he has been able to do that more so than he ever did when things were unraveling in Philadelphia. Yeah, he did that in an incredibly vulnerable way with you, Mark Spears. We appreciate that window into how he is thinking about this upcoming season. And Nets fans certainly, with Ben Simmons talking the way he is and every intention of backing it up, seeing what Mikhail Bridges is doing on the world stage, there's some reason to be optimistic in Brooklyn, even though the big three did not work out. Um, Speaking of the big three, let's check in on one of them coming up here on NBA Today because we have a very special guest joining us. Mavericks forward, first vice president of the MBPA, Grant Williams. He's stopping by the show. Of course, we're going to talk about Kyrie. We're going to talk about Luka. Yeah, he watched the game. He saw what happened earlier, and he has some thoughts. <laughs> Welcome back. The NBA 2K League and the MBPA, they announced a groundbreaking partnership that paves the way for NBA players to promote the NBA 2K League and its 25 teams. So we are now so pleased to welcome into NBA Today, first vice president of the PA, and now with the Dallas Mavericks, Grant Williams, friend of the show. Grant, thank you as always for taking the time. Thanks for having me on. So, so let's start right there. What is so exciting to you about this new partnership with the PA and 2K? It's super exciting. You know, the PA has been involved in players' lives for many years. And so being able to show the youth and the next generation who protects the players, who supports the players both on and off the floor, and who helps them get their licensing rights like deals like 2K and be able to have these opportunities off the floor um, and behind the scenes. It also gives us a chance to really penetrate the youth of the next generation and let them know that we're here to not only help them and aid them along the way Mm. to not only with resources off and on the floor, and it makes us not only fit in with the gaming community as well, because as you know, 2K and the game as well as the league are continually growing. And it's something that I partake in. It's super exciting because this next generation of young guys both love streaming. And you never know, we might have some crossover between an NBA athlete and an NBA 2K athlete one day. Yeah, the, the evolution of this partnership is certainly something that I'm excited to see play out. But while we have you here, Grant, I, I got to check in on the new logo that is behind you right now, because you've had an incredibly busy summer. You went through your your, your first free agency here, and now you're with the Dallas Mavericks. How much of a factor did Luca, did Kyrie recruiting play into how it felt about going to Dallas? Yeah, um, it felt like home. You know, I have a bunch of great relationships with people here in Dallas, not only just on in the that Mavs organization, but also in um, SMU with my former associate head coach um, at Tennessee, being the head coach at SMU now. So uh, I feel like it was an all-force effort there. And Luca, being he's represented by my same agency as well, so having that relationship with him prior and understanding what was needed for this team, not only just the culture, but also the toughness, defensive impact, and the shooting. And I feel like I provided all three, and I felt like it was a place where I could really grow not only in my game, but also help the team win and impact that on that on, on the day-to-day level. Dallas is home now, but Boston was home for you for so many years. You're incredibly close with Jason Tatum. What's the communication been like now that you've made this transition? <laughs> A lot of trash talk. Um, <laughs> Just letting them know that um, I'm going to try and guard them as well as possible and lock them up and um, come to Boston and just compete, you know, because that's my brother. We'll always be brothers my yeah. entire life since I was like 17 years old, 16 years old. So um, 
it's one of those things that was hard to go because I love the guys there in Boston, great teammates, great family, but um, it was a great opportunity for me and I had to take the next step in the journey to progress not only in my game, but also, you know, see what impact I can have on another organization. Absolutely. But Jalen Brown, picking up your FaceTime calls now or are we, we all good here? <laughs> Don't worry, uh, JB does, and I also texted him a, a gif of us two playing rock, paper, scissors before every game, uh, and let's just say the record is like probably 236 over four years, mm. so um, even in the gif, it showed that I was winning. Just so, for, I mean, uh, is it gif or gif, just for the record? I always go back. I, I'm a gif girl. I think, I think it's gif. I say gif, but okay. then I got yelled at for saying gif, okay. so I said gif. Well, then we're going to go with gif here. All right, Slovenia, they faced off against Canada this morning. Did you happen to see what happened in that one with Luca? Do have any thoughts about it? Let's just say Luca plays with a little bit of a fiery passion. And, um, you know, it's one of those where he's so talented and he definitely got fouled. But, you know, him and Lou have been going at it for the past couple of years in this uh, in this league. So it's great to see um, those two guys compete. And even with Dylan getting ejected earlier in the game. And I can only imagine what he actually said, you know, because, you know, sometimes he's not always speaking English. You can't really translate it. But hopefully I get a chance to learn all those words so I can use them myself. Oh, OK. And then, yeah, just pass them on so that I can use them when I'm talking to Richard, because I think that that would be greatly <laughs> appreciated. That would be a great, you, great trade. You've had some pretty competitive matchups over the years, Grant. I think of Jimmy Butler. I think of Donovan Mitchell. Is there a game, is there a, a, a game that you have circled already on the calendar as we go into this next NBA season? In all honesty, um, I'm just so excited to play in the West. You know, mm. the West is a grind every single day. And you get a chance to go from guarding Kawhi to guarding Braun to guarding um, a guy like Zion when he's healthy, a guy like AD, um, Portland with Dame. You go matchup to matchup, you're going to have somebody difficult every night. Yep. So uh, it's not necessarily a game off circle. I'm, I'm necessarily – the one that I would, I would say circle is because you return to Boston. You know, that's the one that um, – you, it's a home for the past four years. So um, hopefully you get to go back there and get a chance to compete and have a great time and see the city that I've spent my past four years in. Uh, that is March 1st, just in case you're wondering. Make sure you just put a big old circle on that one as you return to TD Garden. Okay, Grant, in the past, before we let you go, you have called yourself Batman, and you've compared your Celtics teammates to Marvel characters, and your roster's gone pretty deep. I want to know if you've had the time to think about the Mavs, if you've had the time to think about Luca, Kyrie, Mark Cuban, who their characters would be. Oh, yeah, we're going the D.C. route, though. We're going to have Luca's a Martian Manhunter because he's honestly the strongest uh, of the league. You know, he's the one that everybody is afraid of. Let's just say he might have one fear, and that's fire. We'll go with Kyrie um, being, a, being um, what's his name, uh, Blue Beetle because he has so many different options and gadgets that he mm. can use to the arsenal. And then we'll give Mark the good old uh, Superman route because, oh. let's just say, without him, we all wouldn't be here. And he's our, our you know, the guy that we look to for help. So um, Marcus can be Superman, and we'll go we'll go with more teammates later on down the line. Okay, well, that means we're going to have to have you back right here on NBA Today so we can go through a couple more once you've had a couple of games under your belt. Grant Williams, thank you, as always, for joining us here on NBA Today. Look out for NBA 2K24 coming out this Friday, September 8th. Also, congrats, Mavs Gaming. First round of lottery. Absolutely. Coming up on NBA Today, Damian Lillard, he sat down with Mark Spears to discuss his future plans and what motivates him. Is there anything that you could say about the Detroit request? I can say that there, there was, and I would just prefer not to speak on the Trailblazers.
we pretty much falling out of the race for the 10th spot unless we go out there and win every game. The Blazers for the 33 and 49. A season full of ups and downs and not really uh, any moments of consistency. Out of those teams, which one would you be like, eh, that's not too bad? <laughs> Miami, obviously. <laughs> Dame Willard, as you know, at the end of the season made it clear he did not want to play with another young player. The Portland Trailblazers select Scoot Henderson. And now Willard has asked for a trade. He prefers a trade to the Miami Heat. I've been in the league long enough to know that you know things don't always work out the way you want to see it work out. On July 1st, Damian Lillard requested a trade out of Portland, and then two months later, we're still waiting to see if that trade request will be fulfilled. But over the last several months, we've heard a lot of reporting, right, about destinations, about how all of this came to be. But the one person that we hadn't heard directly from was Dame himself. That is, until he sat down with our Hall of Famer, Mark Spears. Today, man, it's a new day. So having this opportunity to be here with these coaches, y'all got all these scouts here to watch y'all. Y'all got to wake up and understand that. Understand the opportunity that's in front of y'all. Damon Lillard's Formula Zero is an invitation-only basketball camp consisting of 40 elite high school and college players. Like Lillard, who attended Weber State, many of the college participants play at mid-major schools. It's a, an environment that is going to force you to grow. A lot of my mentors, father figures, and coaches from middle school to high school, through college, even some of my NBA coaches, come and you know try to help encourage some of the, the behaviors and things that have been instilled in me since I was a kid all the way up to this point. And some of these players, because we feel like it'll you know it'll make a, a huge difference in their careers. Y'all got to stop trying to do all the moves at the same time, because the defender is never going to go for that. So when y'all get to right here, you explode. It's a stop. It's a pause in between that. And then it's another move. If y'all come here and y'all like doing all y'all moves, like a good defender is just going to sit there and wait. If every move is right on top of each other, y'all ain't giving the defender a chance to react to the person. When I look at the rosters, it seems like you picked guys that are like you. Am I correct in that? Uh, yeah, that's correct. And the reality of it is some kids just get overlooked from the beginning in high school and the, the college that they attend doesn't represent the player that they are. If you look at the league, you look at a Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, CJ McCullough, John Morant. When you look around, it's, it's a trend that's been going on for a while. So if I come from that situation, it's only right that we um, carve out some opportunity for those guys as well. As super teams arose and stars partnered to chase championships, Lillard's message was always clear. I will be in Portland if you want to team up with me. But now Lillard wants out, and he's requested a trade. What was the straw that brought you uncertainty um, about the future of the Blazers franchise? I'm not going to speak on the Blazers. It's a lot of, lot of love and respect, but I don't, you know, I won't speak on the Blazers. It's well documented that there have been a trade request. Um, is to the Miami Heat, is there anything that you could say about the trade request? I can say that there, there was, and I would just prefer not to speak on the Trailblazers. 
oftentimes with you, the word loyalty comes up. How do you balance loyalty with uh, getting the best for you? I've always said that I'm loyal to who I am, and I'm going to do what I feel like is the right thing to do. This is the vision I have for myself. This is what I see being fit for me at this at this moment. I'm gonna ride that until the wheels fall off. But you know, anything that I'm a part of, it all has to to be connected. That's what I'm loyal to. Where are your championship dreams and aspirations now as a, a 33 year old? That's literally the thing at the top of my list. You know, when I wake up and. I got to get up and go do what I got to do. I got to make time for my kids, and I still got to lift, and I got to do all these things, and I got to make sure that that training and the preparation is still my priority. You need something that you feel pretty strong about to, to stay committed the way I've been committed, and that's it's as high as it's going to get. Like that's, that's ultimately what I want to experience, and that's what I want to get done. Still to come on NBA Today, now that you've heard from Damian Lillard, hear from Mark Spears and Ramona Shelburne, the latest reporting on what comes next as we inch closer to training camp. camp that's coming up in 60 seconds. UFC 293 is Saturday night from Sydney, Australia. The maiden card, it begins at 10 o'clock Eastern on pay-per-view with the prelims at 8 on ESPN News, Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. All right, Damian Lillard, still a trailblazer, but Mark, we just watched your interview with Damian. He was very professional. He's what we've come to know from Damian Lillard when it came to the topic of his trade demand. He said respectfully he did not want to speak about the Portland Trailblazers, but the fact of the matter is the season is fast approaching. So, Mark, how patient will Damian Lillard be here? Well, I don't expect him to burn things down, do a James Harden or nothing like that. Uh, I expect him to continue to be professional, but certainly I know the frustration's got to be boiling over. He has a good group of guys um, that are like Mo Williams and Earl Watson, Darrell Wright, former teammates who are trying to tell him to just stay patient. Mm. But right now, there's no new news on the trade. It's, it's still moving slow with about a month to go before training camp in Miami and Portland, and it's kind of a hurry-up-and-wait situation. I was a rookie in my reporting <laughs> career in, in Portland. And yeah. what I've come to know from Damian Lillard is that he wants to play. He wants to be yeah. out there, and he has taken pride in wearing the letter O for Portland. What do you expect here, Ramona? Can you see a world yeah. in which there is a, a standoff James Harden-esque, the way that Mark Spears just termed it? I don't think it would be the same way that it's gone with Harden in the past. Like, you know, we saw what happened in Houston with the, okay, oh, we don't need to relive all that. But I, I, this is not good for the league. This is not good for Portland or Damian Lillard or anybody involved in this because he has been one of the best ambassadors in this league for over a decade. He is a great story, a great humanitarian, a great person in this league. Yes. Nobody wants to see this go in an ugly fashion. And I think there is, you know, there'll be some momentum. League People are coming back from vacations. They're starting to work out again. There will be more conversations. So I think you could see some renewed discussions as we approach yeah. the beginning of this year. Not to mention, it's easy to forget that before he was shut down, he was yeah. playing some of the best basketball yeah. of his entire career. We want to see Damian Lillard out on the floor shooting from unbelievable range and doing his 
goodbye that we are about to do. Before we go, though, we want to shout out our teammate, Danny Green, who is returning to the Philadelphia 76ers on a one-year deal, as Woj reported. He spent so much time with us here on NBA Today, and we can't wait to watch him on the court. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this, too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.